You're listening to Sharni Vision Podcast, a Punjabi lifestyle podcast where I spotlight a Punjabi living their aligned life. Sashri and welcome. I'm your host, Supreet Sohi, skin therapist and life coach. On Sharni Vision, I bring you a new guest each week to share their courageously aligned journey. My goal is to share their journeys and stories to awaken your inner lioness or lion to follow its soul's purpose. Let's join the conversation. Monica Gangotra. Gangotra. Okay, I love that how you pronounce that. Okay. How Do you know what? You? I, I, I have been quite naughty in the past and sort of not pronounced it how it's supposed to be pronounced just to kind of make it simpler for people but I think now that you know I, I I'm on wonderful platforms like yours where I have the opportunity to say my name properly I do want to give it justice and I do make a point to try and say it the way it should be said I love it you know it's you know we were just taught not to you know and trying to make other people feel comfortable and saying our words, our names, you know, Absolutely. but ownership. And, and I love that you pronounced it. So now moving forward, you know, that other person will be more mindful about when announcing it. Right. Oh Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's, it's who we are, it's our identity and, you know, so it's very important for me. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go into your book. I mean, the culture that you bring into your book, Yay! I want to go, like, do I start from the beginning now? Do I start from, where do I start? (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I think that's one of the loveliest compliments I've had about my book, actually. I, um, there have been uh, so many times that I've bought sort of books and uh, 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 things to, that, that represent South Asian culture. But for me, it didn't quite hit uh, where I wanted it to be. A lot of it was like sort of folk taley. A lot of it was set back home. Um, but I wanted to be able to write a book and have a book illustrated that showed how we live, you know, that we we wear a fusion of clothes, that we, you know, that we, we eat pizza on a Friday night and, you know, all these kinds of things, like the buildings that we live in and the way that we speak to one another. It's a combination of, like, for me in my house anyway, it was a combination of Punjabi and English mixed together. So I really wanted to have books that that showed a, a bit more of a realistic perspective of, of our lives and how we're, we're living it. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, yes. I mean, honestly... We've already read it a couple of times, you know, and my daughter loves it. But every time I like reading it, you know, there's something else that I've noticed, you know, whether it's clothing or the wordage, you know, and it just sometimes it brings me to tears because we never had those books growing up, you know, and now our kids get to experience this whole new life where they have um, literature, you know that they can reflect on, uh, that represents their culture, their life. And it just, oh my God, it gets me so overwhelmed. And sometimes my kids look at me, are you okay? I'm like, it's, I'm okay. I'm just a little scenty, but, (laughs) and I love the culture infusion that you'd not just talk about Punjabi, but you talked about the other cultures that we get infused with. It's supposed to act like a, like a, a, a window into how we live our lives. So other people that maybe don't live like us can see what it's like. Um, but also it's a mirror for us as well. It's a reflection for me and my kids and our, our families that of, um, you know, 
this is this is how we live and it's wonderful and beautiful and although there are things that we wish uh we could change there is now ways that we can do that in a loving uh wonderful way so that was the point of the book that it's to celebrate our heritage uh as well but also be able to tackle things that maybe we don't really like uh about our culture things that are ingrained and you know to lovingly educate and redirect people into into embracing one another and uh just just a more kind and nicer world yeah <laughs> well i want to say did you experience that growing up um so i i grew up in australia and i grew up in a, in a beautiful small town uh on the coast um uh on the east coast of australia and mm. um it was a very very small town but there was quite a large Punjabi Sikh community so I grew up with a lot of South Asian people around me but obviously the bigger community was were uh, white Australians for the majority and uh, so it was uh, it, so there was quite a lot of c- cultural influence and it was very ingrained so I felt like it was uh, I don't really like to use the word backwards it maybe it was a little it was very traditional and I felt like growing up in that community the elders of the community were trying to hold on to that so we wouldn't change so much you know so that you know there was a little bit you know a little bit more control you know we don't want them to be too white or we don't want them to be too much like the gore you know but we want them to assimilate we want them to be successful we want them to to build a life for themselves here but you know it it came up to a certain point and there were things culturally that we didn't agree with um things that you know uh i grew up with that maybe i didn't i i didn't like um my parents uh, on the whole were quite liberal in that way they were they were really they were really good about some stuff but then some stuff culturally obviously it's so ingrained isn't it it's hard to kind of pull away so it was a little bit of a struggle of finding ourselves and stuff but now obviously i i i kind of paving my own path and and doing it my way and i'm very very lucky and blessed that i have the support um and being uh, or the opportunities uh, to be able to talk to my parents uh, to say you know i i don't agree with that anymore i think it should be like this and and having people listen i think is really important growing up that can be quite tough to go against the grain to say oh i don't agree with that you know um well i was always very wary i didn't want to be the black sheep i didn't want to be classed as a naughty one so i didn't want to argue with anyone but now you know i've got kids and i just i want things to be different and but some things i want the same you know there are things about being punjabi that i absolutely love you know and those are the things that i want to highlight and you know things that i i want to carry through those are my heritage and i i raise my daughter my kids that way you know and so yeah oh my god that so growing up in australia what was how did you get into beauty or was that okay. like for- <laughs> <laughs> so um education wise i have a phd in psychology um and when i felt pregnant with my daughter i've always loved fashion and clothes and stuff i'm not great at makeup but i do enjoy it i like the transformation process i like all of that stuff um and i grew up in a house with very stylish parents my parents were extremely uh, always very well presented my mum had this great style about her um and so did my dad actually he was always very trendy you know and he he liked those nice things so i was always influenced in that way um from my parents and then when i fell pregnant with my daughter i i finished my phd i i uh, uh 
submitted it and then I, it was just a few weeks later that I found out that I was pregnant um, and I just uh, wanted a little bit of a break uh, because I'd been studying for so long I'd, I'd moved countries there was just so there was a whole lot going on and I had this wonderful opportunity to work as a stylist and uh, it all happened sort of serendipitously and I am now very lucky to be able to say I'm, I'm launching a uh, full clothing label uh with my business partner and and uh sister friend uh this year so uh it's kind of all just coming to where i want it to be actually it's it's very exciting i'm very happy oh my god that's so exciting congratulations thank you so much thank you oh my god yeah i'm literally when i look at your post i'm totally in awe i'm like oh my god this girl's rocking this (laughs) outfit like (laughs) I don't know how she did it. I couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, I confession. Um, I had to. I'm wearing loads of jewelry today, so I had to like offload it in case it rattled during our podcast. <laughs> and it's sitting right next to me. <laughs> That's so. That's so cute, though. But I love that. So, like, I love that you dress up the kids and everything. Like, what was their experience with all this? Uh, with the books, the fashion. Yeah, both. Um. Well, my my the first book was uh, written for my daughter. I think it's really important um, for for me to create an environment where she can come and talk to me about things. I, I find that I was finding that a lot of children's books in the past that were dealing with heavy topics, the kids were alone, like they were reflecting on these things alone. They were, you know, sort of hiding away. It was it was quite upsetting, you know, to to see that they were they were carrying on this journey alone and then eventually a grown-up would come in and I wanted to write a book where these explorations uh children's children didn't feel so lonely you know that that there was always someone on hand that would have their back and not just sugarcoat things I think we're so used to hearing like oh why do we do this Hmm. like that's how it's supposed to be and uh I don't agree with that I want to know why you know, because mm-hmm. I want to know if that's relevant to me or not, because things are different now, you know. And uh, so I wanted to be able to have the book to explain like an issue like colorism, which is not a nice topic. It is heavy. And, you know, people uh, I can see that people get quite funny because it is quite a serious topic in a children's book. But it, it's the reality of our lives. That's how we live. We are exposed to it constantly. You know, there's no there's not a Bollywood film or song or something that doesn't uh, you know, reference it in a certain way, whether it's subtle or in your face. The word gaudy, meaning fair and white, uh, sort of became synonymous with the word beauty and those kinds of things. Anyway, the point of <laughs> going back to your question was um, that I wanted to be able to write a book and show that there are there are supports around that. That if you if a child is, has a worry or something that they're concerned about or something that they're not sure about or confused about, that that there's some that whole situation so I wrote the, the book for my daughter uh, in that way and I wanted her to look at that like uh, you know I would uh, as long as I'm able to I will always be her son and she will always be my sunflower and she can always look to me for support and uh, there was another premise in the book to talk about the importance of being one another's sunflowers you know I'm sure there will be a time that I might not always be able to be there the sun doesn't always shine and when it's not there you know, I want her to be able to look to her peers and look to her friends and other supports as mm-hmm. sunflowers, you know, and be able to count on one another, you know. And uh, I think it's very difficult to be 
positive and love yourself all the time. I feel that's a very unrealistic thing, you know. So I wanted it to be more so that, you know, if someone else, you know, is feeling down, you can actually choose to be a sunflower for them. You can't always do that for yourself because having that conversation with yourself is is not as easy as being something for someone else, you know. So that's why, you know, uh, the, the the end line in the book is to to be someone sunflower. I think it's a beautiful way to change the world and and we can with love and kindness. I know that how that sounds, but I truly believe that. I, I think that, that, you know, we it's something that we should instill as a part of our culture and who we are. Yeah, I love that. It's so important for our children to see that, you know, and yes, they have one other to, to their own friend circle, whatever, right? The kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, but you know, not everybody's the same. Not everybody, um, you know, everybody has your own unique talents and yeah. um, and finding your space. Like you know, you touched on something, and I going growing up, I you know, in the summer you get so dark, right? And yeah. you hear that all the time. And during this past summer, I was hearing that again, but it wasn't towards me, but it was towards my daughter. <sighs> and it's about how you reflect on it, right? And how yeah. you when people say that, you know, comment and how you respond as a parent too. And you correct that. I think it's very important. It's not disrespectful. Yeah. I don't, it's not disrespectful, especially if you, if you're not doing it in the right way though, but we do need to stop this because it's going to continue the pattern. I mean, I don't want my daughter or or any of our daughters to think they're any less than, you know, and exactly having each other's support is so beautiful. And I love the whole concept of the uh, sunflower. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, and then was she, were they a part of the process of the book? Um, I read read the story to my daughter quite a few times and she really, really liked it. Um, She sees herself in the story. Um, There, I don't, I don't actually get to work directly with the illustrator. Um, it was my publisher that, that pairs up the illustrator with the story. Um, and when I saw it, it was just, she'd really done her research. Um, she's, a, she's a print artist herself. Um, mm-hmm. And she also um, obviously illustrates children's books. And when I opened the book, she'd actually taken my prints that we designed for the clothing label from my Instagram and integrated them into the book. And there were just little things like uh, the, so Amrita's book, uh, Amrita's bedroom in the story is exactly like my daughter's bedroom, which, which Makayla has actually never seen. She's never seen it. So when she sent, when I saw the proof of that and I sent a picture of my daughter's bedroom, I just could not believe the synergy and the connection. It was always meant to be. I mean, the, uh, so I have another book that's coming out, which is another Sunflower Sister story. It's coming out this summer. And, uh, I just can't wait to see how she's kind of uh, put all my my girls back together and and put it all uh, out there again. It's uh, it's just such a lovely process, and to feel uh, to feel heard and represented in that way has just been so nice. Oh, that's so beautiful. So, are, do you plan on doing like a series? Yes, or... Sunflower Sisters is a series. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, oh, I'm really God. excited. The one and that's coming out this year is really like I can't I can't get through it without crying. It's it's about my grandma and I think um, I'm I'm very excited for this story. <laughs> oh oh my god! I can't wait. I I it's so funny. My kids know I'm so 
I get emotional and books do make me emotional and I love those kind of books I'm like that too I I I I, am I always have a box of tissues on hand I'm a real crier I'm super emotional um but uh yeah I'm very excited for that (laughs) oh that's so exciting and so where will this book same releasing on purchase on Amazon be able internationally yeah yeah yeah. I mean all, all, all your big uh, sort of book retailers um, directly from the publisher at Outlet Press, uh, Waterstones, Amazon, wherever wherever books are available. Um, Sunflower Sisters, uh, the first one is coming out uh, in America this year. So that will be available locally in America uh, mid this year. And so will the second book, The Gifts That Grow. So that will be coming out in America as well. Um, if that helps any of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, and I want to talk about the process of writing. So when you started writing this, like, did you already had a concept in mind, what you wanted to do and just started writing or was it, you know, support from family? I so the, it was the whole journey. Okay. So I love reading. I've, I am so lucky that I've grown up in a house where uh, things like books and music and movies and all these kinds of things, are, uh, it was in abundance in our home. I'm very, very grateful to have had that growing up. Um, so I've always loved reading and I've always loved writing. I was quite a shy child. So uh, I know that's mad, isn't it? <laughs> I was extreme, painfully shy. And so reading was just uh, sort of a way into a world where I physically couldn't bring myself to be. Um, and I always wanted to write children's books, always, always. And so uh, when my daughter was born, I sat down and wrote a few stories just to be able to read to her about things that are important to us and the lessons that we want to teach, things that my dad has taught, has uh, said to me growing up, um, like little um, little, uh, little stories like a, a what's the word uh stories that have like a meaning behind them Mm. it's not a fable is it maybe is that the word oh god anyway um (laughs) like a story that's got like a a teachable moment in it so I wanted to write some stuff that were relevant for for us culturally so I started writing them down and uh Sunflower Sisters actually started about a story about birds and mm. I, yeah, I submitted it to my publisher who said, I love the concept of the story. But, and then he turned around to me and said, write the real story, write the real <laughs> story. And it was the best advice I'd ever been, get, uh, ever been given about my writing was like, write the real story. This is a real thing. We don't have to kind of use uh, mm. uh, like, you, you know, animals or anything to kind of get our point across. It's really important. We need to get the message out there. And that support and that kind of go ahead from someone was just, it blew my mind. It just opened up everything for me. And um, it was quite uh, cathartic to kind of go through the process and, pro- and, and uh, writing those things down with humans uh, mm. was, was so, uh, it was overwhelming, but it was nice. And we had uh, a racism expert, um, a female black racism expert who edited the book for us. And the illustrator is also uh, of mixed heritage, and she is married. She was married to a South Asian man who's the father of her son, um, and so uh, all these kind of cultures are kind of mixing through. Obviously, Kiki is of Nigerian heritage, so uh, we we wanted to make sure that we did all of that justice. But yeah, so that was the process. It actually started off uh, as the bluest bird. And now it transformed into Sunflower Sisters and the Sunflowers 
uh, are inspired by the sunflowers that used to grow in my yard. Um, and that's how they came to be um, involved in the story. That's so beautiful. You know, I, I talk about this with my other entrepreneurs and just my hustlers, you know, um, <laughs> a creative that no matter what you're doing in the creative world and whoever you're partnering up, if the alignment, if the goal, the mission isn't aligned with all yeah. of you, it's yeah. not going to work out. And yeah. I love that you mentioned that because when a right team, a right person, the right, you know, group of people get together, you can yeah. create something magical. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. I want to now go back to baby Monica <laughs> growing up, you know, you, you were in Australia and totally mm-hmm. skipped over that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you moved to Canada. No, I'm, well, so I was born in Canada. Oh, oh, you were born in Canada. Okay. Yeah. yeah born in Edmonton. Um, okay. And we moved to Australia when I was very, very young. So Edmonton's not really a big part of uh, sort of my journey, but um, it is obviously for my parents and uh, a lot of my dad's family is still still there. So um, I will always be connected to Canada in that way. But my, my childhood and uh, the early beginnings of my adult, uh, my adult life were in Australia. Wow. And how was that growing up? I know you said the community was there. So now where are you currently then? I'm in Birmingham, UK. Oh my God, uh, I like twisted. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that is definitely different cultures. It, you know, when people say like England is so grey and it rains so much, I don't think you genuinely understand <laughs> what that means until you move here. Like really? Is, yeah. Like, yes. You know, it is cold. Like, I, I, I've grown up very differently, and I think that's why I feel it more. But obviously, everyone that's kind of like my husband, this is his life, this is what he knows. So it's very different for him. But for me, it's like we could, we were always running around outside in our tapla mm. and nikra, like shorts and just running around and whatever. Now, like, if I take Zorava, who's my son, if I take him on the swings or whatever, it's like 14 layers, socks <laughs> and hats and making sure, you know, we have to, you know, always be equipped for it to rain at any point in the day, you know. So it's a very different way of bringing up my kids from how I, I grew up. So I, I, I do miss that kind of outdoorsy, fresh air lifestyle, the sun, you know, um, but I, I love my life here. I have a wonderful family and a husband uh, and a wonderful support network. My kids have all these beautiful opportunities. Um, and here I find in the UK, more so than there was in Australia growing up, the representation is, is a lot more, not, not at its maximum capacity, of course, but um, there's always room, isn't there? But um, to be able to grow up in a country where my kids are seeing sort of uh, Sikh uh, mm. males and females in the spotlight in all these wonderful roles and careers and have access to opportunities is, is such a beautiful way to raise my kids. So I am very grateful. Like to even have like uh, an Asian radio network, we never, I never had that growing up. So mm. to have like Brit Asian network and things like that where you can hear like Bhangra on the, on the radio or hear Kirtan and things like that, I think. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for to turn on Sky TV and have like Star Plus, you know, mm. or Netflix and have like Bollywood films and stuff. I think that's, yeah, that's very cool. Never dreamed it, that would happen, but yeah, very cool. It is very different. I mean, even growing up here, like my parents, we watch a lot of old Punjabi movies. Yeah. Um, but now the movies, you know, obviously the topics are different, but 
we have access to them. Even like um, my recent podcast about Rakhontla by Dildit Desange. Yeah. Even the topics he discussed in that movie you know some people may not see it as much but yeah there's a lot of major points he brought up there yeah um that hasn't been discussed and oh yeah oh What's my god What's your favorite and, old Punjabi film um Long the Lashkara no <laughs> <It's> my mummy <laughs> are you serious <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say have you seen Long the Lashkara I, I have that movie on lockdown like so lyric my song Krito is my Saki mummy and yes and the gentleman at the end who shoots Ompuri uh, sorry yeah Ompuri um who shoots him on the hill I don't know if you yeah. remember that scene yeah that's my sucker mama oh my god this yeah. is so funny that's so crazy but uh yeah Pritha is my mama she's still as stunning and beautiful as ever um and uh, unfortunately, my mum Maji passed away. But uh, yeah, that's my mummy. <laughs> uh, a lot of that shooting was done at my mum's, uh, like uh, at my mum's home, and you know, like with Gudasman and stuff like that. And they all knew each other, and yeah. Wow, connections, yeah. and what a beautiful movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So does that like? Do your kids speak Punjabi too? Uh, a little bit. I. It's so funny. Like, uh, so my I, I live with uh, Justip's uh, mom and dad, so we all live together. And mm. uh, I'm like, mom, like, can you guys speak Punjabi to the kids? Because, <laughs> like, they speak English. I'm like, mom, you know, like, because we learnt from our grandparents. Like, if, yeah. When our parents were at work, like, if we couldn't speak Punjabi, we wouldn't get fed. Like, our grandma wouldn't know we were hungry. Like, so we, it was a necessity. Like, we learned to speak Punjabi <laughs> to communicate to them. Otherwise, it would have just been awful. Um, but here, like, mum, honey, everybody speaks Punjabi. Everyone speaks English, you know. So I do encourage them. They do they do their bit, you know. It's like, so Gurbani will say, my daughter's name is Gurbani. She'll say Sastrikal and things like that. But I try. I'm I'm not trying very hard, but I try. I must admit. Yeah, we try. Um, we're, yeah. we're moms. We do our best, yeah. right? <laughs> I try. Um, she's... And, I, I do want her to kind of pick up Punjabi a little bit more. Um, I can speak it. I can't read and write it, but I can speak and understand it quite fluently. So uh, even if she's just got that kind of as a foundation, otherwise, it, you know, it's all going to get lost, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny you say that because my mom does the same thing. I was like, and I was like, and I was like, you can't talk Punjabi with them now. Yeah, exactly. You know, And she gets mad, but I'm like, if, you, if you're not going to teach them and it's funny because my son um we do japji sab in the morning and he has that memorized oh i love but, it but he you know he doesn't know but hopefully you will click when yeah. he needs it <laughs> yeah like Gurbani um, can do the mall mantra and stuff like that but beautiful she can't converse i mean uh, she could kind of get the gist of what we're saying but she can't converse yet so we will hopefully get there one day yeah, and but maybe all... with Zarava, I'll be a little bit more on, on it with him. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly what you're saying, you know, the music, the culture, the books, you know. Yeah. Um. Even when we put like reading, even your book, you know, I'm talking to them in Punjabi and like explaining it. Um, and I go back and forth. It was something that I did when my son was born. Um, and it's become sort of my habit now. Everything I say, I say it in English, and then I'll repeat it in Punjabi. Oh, that's and... such a good idea. And it's just, I do this, like, literally, I do this with my clients because they're Punjabi too. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm like constantly repeating and I'm like, I sound like a parrot, like repeating everything. No, but that's but such a good way, you know. It is. I mean, they'll, p- they pick up on words. Um, 
but yeah, I, I want to know, so what is the mental health aspect during all this moving and creating being a mom, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I, I mean, I obviously have a psychology background um, and I feel like, you know, um, life is just such a, a crazy thing, you know, and I, I, I honestly, I, I believe that everyone in their life at, at whatever point is an ongoing thing or whatever, uh, therapy is just so beneficial. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's something wrong with you. It just, it's such a beautiful way to kind of talk through things and learn, hopefully encourage and learn better coping me- mechanisms and learning about yourself. And so I'm a big believer in, in, in therapy in that way, but mental health, uh, is, has been uh, sort of calm in waves and things in, in my life. It, there have been circumstantial situations, obviously, as we all do, you know, things where we get depressed and we get really down. And um, so things like uh, growing up, I was, like I said, I was a very shy child, but I was also quite anxious. And uh, I would kind of build up connections in my mind, things like, uh, I remember times like if I used a different type of toothpaste that I would fail an exam or things like that. I really, really hated change. Um, I needed to have that sort of control, um, but I don't anymore. Um, I, and a, a person who really helped me through that was my dad. Uh, mm. He was really, really great about that. I think he could see uh, when I was quite young that that was a situation for me. And he gently sort of uh, encouraged me to kind of break loose from that and sort of say look you know we used a different toothpaste and nothing happened today you know like things like that so kind of you know encouraging me not to kind of make those those uh those uh associations in that way that were becoming it didn't ever escalate into it really affecting my life which I'm very grateful for um so I think um for me obviously mental health and exploring mental health and encouraging uh encouraging that has been really really important we I grew up in a house that was like uh, very emotional in every way and I'm also that way you know everything I, I'm a 10 on everything so if I'm happy I'm really happy if I'm excited I'm really excited if I'm sad I'm quite sad you know so keeping that stuff in check and and having good coping mechanisms I think is so important to rein it back in and good communication good support all those kinds of things um when I was kind of coming into adulthood my when I was at university my mum was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and it was quite an advanced stage Um, and she since that point has had really uh, chronic ongoing um, uh, chronic ongoing illnesses and things that have carried through unfortunately so her quality of life was really affected which also affected her mental health so a large part of my adulthood has been seeing that and having that a part of my life and watching her trying to manage that but she also is of a generation of not really understanding what therapy is like and how beneficial mm-hmm. and wonderful it can be and you know uh, my mum's of of the ilk that we, we take a pill it will get better you mm. know so she's much of a, she's very much of a band-aid kind of person so uh, you know my exposure to mental health has been very interesting and my own mental health um has been quite a journey a journey that I continue that will never that will never end um but it's something that I embrace about myself and I acknowledge that it exists. And, you know, I, I want to be able to learn ways to recognize, change, cope, deal, learn, unlearn, grow, educate, and then encourage my daughter and my kids to be able to, to do that as well, to, to be able to communicate 
Um, because I can see that my daughter's like that as well. Like when she's upset, she's quite upset. Um, uh, and just encouraging her to communicate and recognise, you know, uh, has been really important. And like I said, that mental health journey is an ongoing journey. You know, it is just there. Uh, uh, grieving in your life and going through those processes and seeing how all of that stuff kind of fits in your life and still being able to function and live a full life is, is the goal, isn't it? Mm, yes. <clears throat> I just want to point out it, you know, growing up and you mentioned your dad noticed that how some of our parents, they don't know the signs. Yeah, and... I don't think he would acknowledge that it was like a mental health thing, but he knew that I was really shy and, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know um, he, he was always very gentle. Like, I, mm. I, I don't know. Um, what was another example? Oh, like, OK, so I, I would hate speaking on the phone, wouldn't call anyone couldn't take the phone call, couldn't do any of that stuff. And I remember my dad um, sort of being at work and saying, oh, Mon, I need you to check the phones. I'm really, really busy today. I really need your help. And he knew I'd do it because I love my dad and uh, there's nothing that I wouldn't do for him. And so that's how I and mm-hmm. but in the back of my mind, I knew what he was doing as well, but I, would, <laughs> I would then man the phones and that's how I learned to pick up the phone and, mm-hmm. and, and make a phone call and, and ha- have those conversations and, you know, instigate a conversation and create that. So I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I had support. Unfortunately, not everyone does, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I want to be able to actively encourage it and be involved in the generation that are, is around me to be able to have those skills and to, and pass that on. You know, I think those are, that's a, a wonderful thing to be able to to do but it takes a lot of checking yourself mm, yes. a lot of self-reflection and a lot of hard work on yourself you know I, I can't be encouraging Gurbani to to do these things if I struggle with it myself but also acknowledging that it's not perfect I do say to her you know when when I've I've slipped up or there's been you know, you know I haven't been the, a, a 10 on the mom scale that I can turn around and say Gurbani I uh, that wasn't right I shouldn't have reacted that way I was wrong there you know this is what I probably should have done and I'm going to try to do that better next time you know and so acknowledging that it's okay to to step out you know that it's okay that you know uh, I didn't I didn't handle it well but it's equally as important to learn the lesson from that you know mm. to, to to walk away from that and go okay that was wrong I acknowledge that and this is what I'm going to do about it showing children that that you can change it is super important because it helps control, you know, um, for me anyway, that's, that's my uh, opinion. And I would never, I, I, I live by the rule that an apology without change is just manipulation. So mm-hmm. I would never apologize unless I was actively able to, to turn around and say, I'm going to, I'm going to change that. I acknowledge that was wrong and you won't ever see that again. It's not going to come from me. You know, I, I, I will change that behavior, you know? Um, so I, I, I continuously try and work on myself in that way it sounds tedious and tiresome but it's not it's it helps me look in the mirror and and reflect and think okay you know like I I'm really proud of myself I was able to do that you know so like I said it's a process and I uh, it's not I don't overthink it it's not like I'm constantly thinking about it but but uh, I do reflect a lot and uh, acknowledge where I'm wrong and you know, I think that's where people go wrong, isn't it? Is that people will make mistakes and there's so many things, isn't there? There's ego and there's uh, um, uh, shame and embarrassment and so many things that it's really hard for people to turn around and say, I'm sorry, and then change it. Acknowledging that you've done wrong, I think has been really, it's very difficult for people. And, uh, and 
you know, I think that's where the whole gaslight culture and all that stuff mm. has come come about because people don't say I'm wrong. They mm-hmm. make you crazy. And so yep. I was living a large part of my life like that as well. I was on the receiving end a lot thinking, oh, my God, am I mad? Like, am I going crazy? Is it me? Is it me doing this? Oh, my God, am I reading too much into it? Am I overthinking it? And there was a situation very recently where I thought, do you know what? No, I'm not. I'm being gaslit. I've been gaslit for, for a number of years. People are making me feel crazy, saying that I, I'm, you know, it, it's bigger than what it actually is. But it wasn't because it was making me feel a certain way. And I knew it was real. I knew it was happening. And so, uh, y- you know, yeah. I just went off the track. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, mental health, you know, it's so important, you know. Yeah. I talk about it with my kids, you know, and exactly what you're doing, you know, I have a breakdown or I do something that I wasn't too happy about, you know, I, I say sorry to them, you know, yeah. and it's funny because him will be like, yeah, uh, it's okay, mom. And so I'm like, thank you. Oh, what a beautiful <laughs> um, name. Uh, thank you. And I love your kid's name too, by the way. Thank you. Um, but it is, you know, when you set those examples, like um, yeah. something recently we started doing is. And it's only on Saturday because that's the only time we get. But <laughs> we we journal together now. Yeah. Oh, and that's I was like, so lovely. Journal whatever you want, feelings, color, draw. I was like, it's yeah. quiet time. And mom needs to journal everything out too now. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll work through it. And I feel like that 10, 15 minute, whatever it is, it, it grounds them. Yeah. And sometimes we blame our kids or our um, circumstances or whatever, right. That we can't meditate. We can't do this. It, but it's all about your mental health at the end of the day. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. uh, Yeah. I, I I think self-care is a funny thing. I mean, we're just not used to doing all of that stuff, but yeah, you know, I, I think all of that stuff is really important for our future generations, you know, um, so yeah, I, I think taking out time to do that, but ingraining it as part of your, your daily routines and yes. such a such a good way to do it because then you know I know my kids will look at me and say oh my mom used to do that or you know I remember those times and it was really relaxing it was peaceful and then at stressful times they can revert back to that and go oh I remember when you know there was a really difficult time and my mom would meditate or she'd do bart or she would do something nice for herself and it, you know I could see that 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 was a thing you know we're not taught to believe that we're taught to kind of suppress it and just keep going you just keep working forward and sometimes you know you have to be resilient enough because there are things in life where you just got to keep going you have mm-hmm. to you know you got no choice but well sorry I lie. you always have a choice but you know what I mean when there's too much to risk you just keep going don't you but we're we can also walk away from that at points and say you know what I, I'm gonna have a child cup that's good today that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Gurdam Chala Cup is the ultimate goal, right? You know, yeah. I'm going to do that today, you know. And um, so just little things like that that I want Gurbani and, and Zarawa to kind of grow up with and, and know that looking after yourself uh, allows you to be the best version of yourself. And that's what the world should see, you know. That's who they should be. That's how they should feel about themselves. And that it's okay. It's just normal. Not that, you know, you're being selfish or self-care, 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 none of that stuff. It's just a normal part of your life. Taking yes. care of yourself is a normal part of your yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that because I, it, it gets so confusing, like mental health, yeah. self-care, you know, and yeah. everybody's views on self-care and mental health are different too, you know, yeah. um, but it is, it's a lifestyle. It's mm. a lifestyle, how you take care of yourself. 
it should be a part of your daily life. I oh, mean, like brushing your teeth and taking a shower kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> since we're on the topic, I want to explore what's your self-care routine? I mean, you dress up to the like 20, if not even <laughs> 10. Um, so like, what is the routine here? <laughs> oh, that's so nice because Zarara's like just over one. And so you saying that is, <laughs> is so lovely. I, um, That's so nice. Thank you. Um, I... Like self-care, obviously, I, I don't get up, I don't get dressed up for no reason. Like if I'm at home and I'm cleaning the toilet, I don't get dressed up <laughs> I, at all. I do not. I'm in my trackies. I have this lovely fleece bathrobe that I love, that I wear all the time. It, that's who I am. Like I, I'm, I'm extreme in every way. Like I literally look like I haven't showered in 10 days. Uh, or I look like, you know, hopefully, you know, like, you know, a little bit more glam. But um there's, I have no in-between. I have really poor casual style. I'm really terrible at it. Um, I'm, I'm all or nothing. And so... <laughs> I um, love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, in terms of how I present myself, self-care really comes into that. There are days or times that I just, I don't want to wear makeup, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. That for me is also a self- form of self-care. It's just kind of being in my skin and being with myself and being comfortable um, and... Uh, and then on the, on the opposite spectrum, and I think that's why I am both extremes, is that self-care for me as well is is having that time out where, you know, my husband or whoever is watching the kids. So I, I can take the time to get ready, you know, so that I can, uh, you know, focus on myself and, and make myself feel wonderful and presentable and be able to go out and do things that I want to do. That is also for me getting dressed up and exploring my clothes is definitely a form of self-care for me. Um, but, yeah, having that Garam Chadak up, reading my books, um, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, I love to cook. Cooking is a massive part of my life. That is also, you know, like cooking something not like apart from like every day's rojdi roti. Um, that's a form of self care for me, like doing something different. Um, uh, those are the things that I try and, and do as often as possible. Um, I love uh, movies and uh, films and TV series and things like that. So, uh, you, you know, they're quite easy, easy, accessible things that I've integrated into my life. So, you know, when my my kid goes to when uh, my daughter, she goes to bed a little bit later than Zorava. When she goes to bed, I have like a window of time where I can include include those into my life. My day, my day is extremely busy. So on the nights that I'm not working, um, you know, I take time out and that might be. Uh, you know calling a friend and having a cup of tea with them or you know uh, watching a television program or just staying up late and reading a book those things it's extreme it's not like it's going to take over my life it's just something a little something that I can do to reconnect with myself and Mm -hmm. after having the kids I, I did feel like I was losing myself I was like I don't know who I am anymore who am I what am I doing and that's such a funny question and it's an odd thing to explore and and see but I just I didn't recognize my body I didn't recognize myself um you know and the exhaustion and all of that stuff sort of carries on isn't it but um just integrating those things into my life and making a part of my routine which didn't affect their routine took away the mum guilt so the kids are Mm. in bed they're fed they're washed they're bathed they're they're in bed you're sleeping soundly you know and so having my self-care time at that time just felt like it the right thing you know for me to reconnect with myself and have time out for myself um 
it's just wonderful. I I have wonderful, wonderful in-laws who respect and love me um, and give me that time as well. So, you know, Rukti Pani, everything's done. Kitchen's clean. Everything's done. You know, everyone's taken care of on time. Mm-hmm. You know, so that gives me time to, to focus on myself um, without the guilt. You know, I, I think I couldn't take I couldn't take a, a relaxing, you know, time out if the kids are, you know, running around screaming. It just doesn't work. It's not. I, I can't do that. I can't just close the door. I'm... Even despite my husband being there and he's extremely wonderful, I just, nah, I couldn't do it. So I, I'm, I have created like a window of time before I, I pass out to go to bed that uh, I take out for myself. So that's my self-care. <laughs> I love that. That's so beautiful. It's so important. I, all the mommies listening to that definitely need to take account because that mom guilt definitely comes in. So making that time where you don't feel guilty. Yeah. And connecting with herself, what you just said is yeah. so important. I love yeah. that. I mean, the mom guilt thing is real. And the only time, like, like even right now, it's because my son's having a nap, you know, so mm. I can, I can take meetings, I can take calls, I can do whatever. He's asleep right now. So I, I know, you know, that that's okay. So um, I want, and, and that just works for me. You know, that's, that's my thing. My mom guilt is my thing. You know, not everyone has to experience it in the same way or has it in the same mm. way, but for me, it, it, that's the way it would work. So I could, I could truly be in the moment in every aspect, whether it be with my kids or doing things for the house or working in my, in my roles that I'm doing, all the pies that I have my fingers in um, or self-care or whatever it was, is that I am in it wholly and solely and I'm experiencing it as fully as, as I, I want it to be. Um, and that's the only way I could do it is when I know that my, my children are okay, resting and, you know, taken care of. So that's my balance. That's where I forget. And I don't feel like I'm compromising on anything. Yeah. That's good. That's how you should feel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this was an amazing conversation. I'm not going to take any more of your time. <laughs> and was there anything else you wanted to tell the listeners? Uh, no, just um, I hope that, you know, uh, it is a very tricky time in the world at the moment. And I hope that everyone is safe and well and uh, that they are surrounded by love and happiness, whether it be from themselves or from others. And uh, to everyone that's read the book and supported me, um, my social media and everything, I adore all of you. And uh, I am so grateful for the opportunity where my voice is being heard. It is just such a wonderful experience. And I appreciate you all. And I'm going to pull out a tissue and cry now. So thank you. <laughs> oh, lovely. Oh, well, go- Thank you for listening to Sharni Vision Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps other lionists find the podcast. Stay connected with me on social media, on Instagram at Sharni Vision. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter. When you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get notified of weekly episodes, affirmations, healthy lifestyle tips, vegan recipes, skincare product recommendations, and newly added Sharni Life's Monthly Book Club. I'll see you soon. Sashriya